0: Hello and welcome to the Easy Dizzy Podcast, a podcast dedicated to Disney travel planning and entertainment through the lens of mindfulness, behavioral science, and humor. This episode, I just got back from Disneyland and I hope to share some of that with you. Uh, but right now, we're going to hop right into news with highly suspect headlines with Autumn. Hey, Autumn. Hi. How's it going? Good. How are you doing today? Good. You, uh, you ready?
1: I'm ready for the news. Yeah. Yeah, you've Years been busy. Away, so
0: you've been busy today. You're you're starting a new job tomorrow, right? Yeah. yeah. You excited about that? I'm
1: excited. Yeah. yeah.
0: Nervous but excited. Nervous but excited. Well, everyone here in the Easy Dizzy Podcast Nation wishes you the best tomorrow.
1: Thank you, everybody. How did you know how it goes.
0: All right, great. All right, so you ready for some highly suspect headlines? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, highly suspect headlines is how we do news here at the Easy Dizzy Podcast. I'm going to read Autumn some headlines, and she is going to have to tell me if it's fake news or if it's legit. Okay. I'm not going to ask you if you're ready again because I think I've already asked you if you're ready five times. So I'm going to assume that you're still ready. Correct. Excellent. I did it, didn't I? In a way, I asked you if you were ready. Yep. Yep, I did. Okay. Universal Studios Horror Nights replaced with milder scares due to COVID-19 concerns related to screaming. True. That is false. I made that up completely. I mean... I'm
1: pretty certain. I thought they...
0: It's conceivable, I assume. I
1: remember them saying they were going to change something about it to make it less frightening, but maybe it was something else.
0: Because it is scary. Yeah. Have you seen videos like when Tim and Jen... No, I
1: don't think I've ever seen
0: Um, Yeah, it's really scary. They don't mess around. It's not like Disney World, where it's like cute and funny scary like they're oh, serious that
1: makes sense yeah Ooh, we've been to some not at disney world but actual scary ones so i imagine
0: that's what they do at universal it's yeah. like the scary house That's actually scary yeah exactly
1: not haunted mansion scary
0: no but they did release um their haunt zone stuff so it's what we got 30 years 30 fears i guess they're celebrating the fact they've been doing this for 30 years oh, wow. they've got a uh, gorewood forest sounds good mm. um there's a a blood queen of some sort there, and she needs to harvest sweet blood berries.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, there's crypt TV. I don't know what they're doing there. There's seek and destroy, New York, and that's going to be aliens uh, looking for humans for fuel sor- sources. Ooh. And the last one would be lights, camera, action. It's huh? cute. I'll let you just guess what that is going to happen there.
1: It's cute. I like. I like the. I like it. Got different activities.
0: Yeah. 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 Should be pretty. Sp- pretty spooky, pretty scary. All right, next one. Emma Stone refuses to return for the Cruella sequel due to Scarlett Johansson
1: lawsuit. Oh, it's I mean, they're both suing Disney. So it makes sense. I'm going to say that's true.
0: So, Emma Stone is not suing Disney. Oh. She's not. And um and she's she actually she just signed on for the sequel to Cruella.
1: Oh. I thought she was
0: no, I think the rumors were she was entertaining it, like she was thinking about I
1: feel, it. I, I feel like we need to check our facts for a long time because I feel like it was Emma, <laughs> it was Emma Stone and Scarlett Johansson. We said maybe. I mean, I, she still could have signed on. Like that made sense if it was. If I didn't have that knowledge, I would say yeah, definitely. Listen, I think Emma Stone was really amazing in um, in Cruella, so I'm glad she's coming back.
0: Yeah. Also, that movie. Guess how much that made? I no idea. Two hundred
1: and twenty. <laughs> <laughs> I can't guess the number.
0: 220 billion dollars globally
1: oh so i mean it did very well
0: yeah cruella I,
1: I enjoyed it i assumed other people did but uh,
0: so they're coming back
1: I'll make re- that money
0: make that money all right last one ceo bob chapek on thursday def- defended disney's decision to require all of its salaried and non-union employees to be vaccinated against coronavirus
1: he supported them uh, he
0: defended it They're making everyone at the company, according to this, get vaccinated. I feel like that's false. That is true. I'm sorry. That is true. Wow. Yeah, they announced that a week. I didn't think they were going
1: to do that.
0: Yeah, a week or two ago. And it did make it into our news segment. um, But it came up again because Chapek got on uh, Mad Money with Jim Cramer. You know Mm. that show? Jim the he's the business guy that yells a lot.
1: No, every time I hear Kramer, I just think of uh, Seinfeld.
0: Different Kramer, yeah. This, different this Kramer. Different Kramer. <laughs> yeah, and he defended it. He's basically saying I mean, he's trying to convince the Disney employees they're doing it for the greater good.
1: Yeah, I mean, on one hand, I could see, I just was surprised that they would move forward with that, but.
0: Yeah. I mean, right. global plan pandemic, it hurts their parks for sure.
1: Their global park.
0: Yeah. And it hurts yeah. their parks. Maybe yeah. not so much Disney Plus, I think it helps their Disney Plus, but
1: it hurts their parks right. in the long run. Right. Well, I'm sure that's, that's how they, that would make sense. If the money made sense, then they're going to, Yep. <laughs> they're going to make the decision.
0: All right. I mean, so that was a highly suspect headline. And that
1: was tough this week. It was I tough. am normally pretty much three out of four out of four out of four and I got all those wrong today. Yeah. So you know what that means. Thank goodness, because I did poorly. Let's move on. <laughs> now, it's time for A Stumps to Jay. Where a Stumps who? J. Me? For Justin. Ah. Uh. So, Autumn Stumps, Justin. A, Autumn. His wife Stumps. Justin, J my husband. That's me. And, um, I'm actually doing an extra one today. A bonus fact. Um, so basically, I read off print statements or weird, bizarre, fun facts about anything related to Disney World, Disneyland, cruises, Universal and such, and he has to try to get the right answer. So, first one. Buzz Lightyear. No. Okay. (laughs) This has nothing (laughs) to do with Buzz Lightyear.
0: Alright. I was ready for that one. I could have swore it was going to be Buzz. First one.
1: What is different about the American flags on Main Street in Disney World?
0: Ah, I know this one. So Yep. They're either missing a stripe or a star, so they're not official um, United States flags so that they don't have to be um, closed up every night. Correct. Thank you.
1: That's awesome.
0: Yeah, Nice and, job. And I'll add to that, uh, each day they have, for the, the one flag on Main Street that is the real American flag, they have the retreat ceremony every day where they they, clo- uh, they fold up the flag and they go through a whole ceremony.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's correct. So there's only one true flag and they do honor it appropriately. Um, but the other flags, yes, exactly. I'm missing a star or stripe so they don't have to adhere to the other uh official flag policies hmm.
0: I wonder if you could go to Disney World just fully decked out in American flag clothing
1: I think I'm sh- I feel like I saw people yeah Decked out that way, when yeah. we we're there. But that is
0: that violates the flag code. But I guess Disney can't really it control does. that. Right,
1: but that's people' independence on Disney doing that. Next, a sojdeh, <laughs> the harpsichord mm-hmm. located in that haunted mansion mm. is fe- is a featured prop from what classic Disney movie? It's an actual prop from the movie. Wow, I did not know that the harpsichord mm-hmm. inside the haunted mansion. I wonder- in the grand hall. Oh, in the grand hall. Okay. Okay. Is a featured prop. Okay. From the classic Disney movie Blank.
0: So, I don't know movies, but I know parks a little bit. And I know. Is this in Disney World or Disneyland?
1: Disneyland.
0: Disneyland, okay. So, that opened a couple years after the park opened, I think in the late 50s. So, a live action movie from the 50s. It doesn't
1: say anything about being live action. Well, it's a prop. Oh, yeah.
0: So I got to go with, uh, and I don't know, it it, uh, turns out I don't know any movies from the 50s except Swiss Family Robinson, so I'm going with Swiss Family Robinson.
1: That's a very good guess. It's incorrect. (laughs) That is a very good guess. The answer is 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea.
0: There's no hopsicords underwater. There is. (laughs) It was (laughs) under sea hopsicord. All right, fine. There is. Fine. (laughs) So that was, so I'm two for two. I got two right out
1: of two. Yeah. No, you just got that (laughs) wrong. one for two. All right. One of the iconic scenes, key iconic scenes Mm. in The Lady and the Tramp Mm -hmm. is inspired by who? Oh, all right. So I'm guessing that this
0: is going to be the two dogs kissing with spaghetti, the famous two dogs kissing with spaghetti scene. And trying to think who inspired that, I don't know, Lucille Ball?
1: (laughs) Oh, that's good. I like that. I, like, want that to be the answer. I
0: feel like she would eat spaghetti like that.
1: That's cute.
0: Uh, who eats spaghetti like that, or who, like, nudges a meatball with their nose? I'm going to need... I'll tell you who does our 18-month-old sweater.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Can I get a hint
0: of, like, who this person is, or... So anyway, they're real people. They're real, so they're not dogs. No, it's,
1: it's not, inspired not inspired by, by like, dogs. No, no, no.
0: Okay. <laughs> hmm, that makes it tougher because I know a couple dogs that fit the bill. <laughs> I don't could, know. You
1: can just give up. Okay. I give up. It's inspired. So the scene is a little bit incorrect. Like you're. That's a good guess, but that's not the iconic. The iconic scene is when Jim Deere gives Darling the puppy. Okay. And that's inspired by when Walt gave his wife Lily a puppy. It so was a chow puppy in a hatbox, like the same kind of dog. Okay. That's oh, cute.
0: The dog's name was Sunny. Alright, I've never seen Lady and the Tramp. I've only seen commercials for its release on VHS. That's and a,
1: why is it still an excellent <laughs> guess?
0: And I can tell you that uh, Tony's Town Square restaurant is themed after Lady and the Tramp.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, here's the last one cuz this was cool. And also has to do with one of my favorite classic Disney movies that I think is uh, very much underrated. Zeus mm-hmm. from Hercules. Mm-hmm. Right? Think about think about Greek mythology. Okay, okay, I'm thinking. According to Greek mythology. According to him. Zeus mm-hmm. is what Disney princess's uncle. So there's a Disney Princess. Uh-huh. So it would not be in Hercules. Zeus was what Disney princess's uncle. Right? Oh. So
0: it's not a it's not a Hercules character. All right, give me a sec. Give me a sec. So Zeus was the father I believe of all gods so this daughter should be a daughter of another Greek god and I'm gonna just try and run through these movies in my head real quick uh, I'm getting nothing I'm, I can think of zero movies just I'm just lady in the Tramp is all I can think of <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it's not lady but I'm gonna go with lady from Lady in the Tramp. <laughs> Stop.
1: All right, I'm going to say it again. According, about Don't it. say it again. It's, no, one more time. You're going to give me a hint
0: about what, I really can't think of a single okay. Disney movie right now besides um, Lady and the Tramp. Okay.
1: Who was Ariel's father?
0: Oh, Neptune. No. Oh, he was nep- King ne- Neptune. All
1: right, I'm going to give it to you. Wait, okay, no,
0: no, now you can't, because I know which way we're going, because it's Ariel. He wasn't King Neptune. He was, who's, oh, the Neptune's Roman. Uh, the Greek equivalent would be, oh, Jews. I don't know. I okay. give up. It begins According, with an A. Uh, nope. All <laughs> right. I give up for real. <laughs> um.
1: Okay. I'm gonna read the whole thing. So first of all, Hercules is like my, one of my favorite classics, second to the Lion King. Okay. According to Greek mythology, Zeus, mm-hmm. who's Hercules's father, was sure. Triton's. Triton. Who's Ariel's dad? So Ariel from the Little King Mermaid. Triton. Straighten so that would make Hercules and Ariel first cousins. I feel like that's not right. Isn't that cool? I just thought that was cool. Like that was a connection that those two movies had that I wouldn't have. Yeah. I didn't know, but like if you knew this, you would be like, oh my gosh! So Zeus
0: related. is their
1: cousins. Yes.
0: Huh. Like first, first cousins? cousins. Okay, so they can't get married.
1: Correct. Okay. Well, they could. They probably would then.
0: Oh, because oh yeah, Greek mythology. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's a mess. Yeah,
1: they're it's very progressive. Might say. <laughs> Very progressive. All right. So you got one out of four. I got nice six job. out of six. Six out of six. <laughs> one out of four. <laughs> so yeah, what'd you guys think? And also, if you are listening, please, um, comment and let us know if you've seen that original Hercules. I think it was like 95, 90, 1995, I think. Maybe Are you, You're out.
0: fishing for emails about Hercules so we get this Hercules podcast.
1: Well, not a whole podcast, episode. but an episode, episode. But just let me know if you've seen it and... If you liked it, you could just thumbs up or thumbs down yeah. if you want. I would almost love to have like a Hercules viewing party because I feel like even when Ooh. people saw it, there was a lot. There is like, Justin saw it, right? There's a yeah. lot. It is like very yeah, adult I didn't heavy. Yeah, see it until I met you. Like for a young kid, it like good. it's going to be like, oh, there's movement, but you're you're not really going to, I don't think, get this storyline away. But I think as adults, it's genius. Mm-hmm. Um, and the music is so good. I also That's think the, the music in that is like, I don't know, really underrated. Disney, if anyone from Disney is listening, Specifically, Joe Roddy. I would love <laughs> some kind of um, Hercules attraction. Like, why you is there are no Hercules? So hard for
0: Joe Roddy. <laughs> <laughs> and he does listen to this podcast. Oh, good. Yeah, okay. he definitely listens. Well, we to
1: could it. probably reach out. Is there an email? We could.
0: It's, I think it's Joe. <laughs> at Joe <joerode.com.
1: laughs> I would like to find a way to contact him. Just, just to
0: give, let's give it a shot. Banger hey, girl. You can't, um, if you don't uh, follow your dreams, they'll never come true.
1: It's true. It's true. I mean, you're definitely not doing anything if you don't try, so. All right.
0: We're going to get Joe Rody on this podcast. You
1: miss 100% of the shots you don't take. That's right. How do you like that? That's the,
0: that's the truth. That ties up our news and trivia segment. Uh, today, we're going to talk about maximizing joy, and I hope you enjoy it. I did try and do some of these things on my uh, recent trip to Disneyland, and following that, we'll have an interview segment. Don't forget, please send any questions, comments that you may have to easydizitpodcast at gmail.com. That's easydizzitpodcast at gmail.com. All right. Thank you for joining us, Autumn.
1: Thanks, everybody. Bye.
0: so much for joining me for another trip planning segment. In this segment, we're going to talk about something I don't think is too widely discussed. Uh, I think it might be maybe not the first time it's done, but uh, it's right up my alley here. And we're talking about maximizing your joy on vacation. So often uh, you'll hear people talk about maximizing your value, uh, saving money, and people will talk about maybe maximizing your time. And those are things that are important to me. Uh, but what we're going to talk about is really maximizing happiness. Uh, so I'm going to kind of equate joy and happiness here. Philosophers and people interested in the language might argue with me. But for the point of this uh, podcast, maximizing your joy is going to be maximizing your happiness. So what we'll talk about today, we're going to talk about the difference between pleasure and happiness. Then we're going to talk about how we can be social and in- enhance our happiness while at the park. Uh, Then we'll talk about a nifty heuristic, you know I love heuristics, so we'll talk about a simple rule to maybe help maximize your joy and the joy of the people around you. We will talk about how you can sprinkle your own pixie dust at the parks, and then we'll talk about what role gratitude might play in maximizing your joy. And finally, we'll talk about the role mindfulness might play in maximizing your joy. So, like I said, this um, might be a little bit different, from many travel planning uh, episodes or travel planning podcasts that you've heard in the past, but I think it's going to be fun, and this is another one I think we should revisit um, and bring it back with new ideas, keeping it fresh. So let's go ahead and start. The first thing I think we should talk about is what Robert Lustig, who is a pediatric endocrinologist, says is the difference between pleasure and happiness. So he's written a few books. Uh, he talks a lot about this. And you can, uh, I'll link his webpage in the show notes. But he basically is saying pleasure is short-lived, uh, is usually experienced alone, and can be caused by substances or behaviors. So things that make you say, this feels good, I want more. It's often associated with taking, consuming. And in the brain, this works with the neurotransmitter dopamine. So when we think about pleasure, I mean, all those things I just named, if you think how that applies to Disney World or Disneyland or any vacation experience, we're often really focused on those pleasurable experiences. We want to eat good food. We want to have good drinks. We want to go on those exciting thrill rides. Those will all trigger uh, dopamine responses in our brain. Um, And I'm not arguing against that. But what I'm saying and what I'd like to talk about in this episode is how we can drive the other side of that. And the other side of that, according to Lustig, is happiness. So happiness, as opposed to pleasure, happiness is long-lived. It's usually obtained through social means, and it cannot be had from substances. There is not um, a beverage that causes happiness according to Lustig here. So you might say, well, I don't know. Hey, vodka martini makes me pretty happy. Lustig would say, mm, that vodka martini, martini gives you pleasure. Happiness is derived from different means. And with happiness, the response is, oh, this is good, but I'm content. Where pleasure is, this is good, I want more. Uh, happiness is, this is good, I'm content, I'm full right now. It's more associated where pleasure is more associated with taking and and consuming, happiness is more associated with giving and sharing. And as far as brain chemistry goes, where pleasure is more associated with dopamine, um, happiness will be more associated with serotonin. And Lustig goes into some really great details about how those two neurotransmitters act in the brain. And maybe why you want to, might want to be striving for happiness more than pleasure. I won't get into the neurochemistry here. Maybe another episode we'll do the neurochemistry of Disney World. Uh, but for today, uh, we'll leave it at that. Pleasure, we're thinking more short-term rewards, the hits of fun, right? Hits of, of "Yes, I enjoy this. Give me more." And happiness is a more satisfied social experience where you feel yes. I'm in the right place right now. This is good. And what I want to do in this episode is not say, hey, let's not have pleasurable experiences in Disney World, because that would be crazy. But I want to say, hey, let's increase our happy experiences. Let's increase these happiness things. And I think that will... Um, increase your overall value of your vacation. I think your memories will be better. I think the experiences for yourself and the people in your family will be better. And this is something that I've been doing um, myself, um, even on small vacations, like New York City, like. Hampton Beach. I've been really trying to use these strategies myself, and I'm looking forward to applying them in the parks because I personally have not actually applied these in Disney parks. So uh, after I go through these uh, and you try some of these, I'd be so happy to hear some of your feedback, uh, even if it's negative. Uh, Justin, you numskull, this didn't work. <laughs> uh, that's fine. That's fine. Or I tried this for 30 minutes, and you know what? We just did brownies. We decided brownies would be happiness. Anyway, I'll just say it again. Disney can be a pleasure paradise. We've got sweets, we've got thrills, we've got fireworks, a lot of dopamine pumping things in there. And if we look at how much time we spend planning, we're typically spending a lot of time planning these pleasurable activities. What we're gonna do here is we're gonna plan some of these happiness activities. So let's take a look at how we can plan for some joyful things, for some happy things and as i said at the the lead-in the first thing is trying to make it social so what lustig says is that the happiness is often derived from social experiences so how can we make disney world more social uh one thing we can think about is whenever we are engaging in these pleasurable activities the rides the food the fireworks try and tie in a social element make it social and i don't mean post it on instagram <laughs> That's, Instagram, Facebook, those are just dopamine machines, too. So, I mean, make it social with the people right next to you. The living and breathing people right next to you. And if you're going with your family, that makes it easier. If you're going with a loved one, uh, your partner, or a good friend, um, or someone you met at the bus stop, that makes it easier. But Disney World is actually one of those places where you can talk to random strangers, and it's completely acceptable. And that might be uncomfortable for you. Uh, but you might try it, and you might get some happiness out of that. Or you might get some fear and terror, because I can relate to that. I understand that. I haven't always been an outgoing and social person. But uh, Disney World is a place where you can talk to other people. So some of these there's, there's lots of opportunities for social exchanges. And I think a lot of what we'll talk about in this episode today are going to be social exchanges. So here, you're with your family. Here's one way to make it social. Reflection points. You just experience something pleasurable, something fun, something exciting. Uh, you can play a little game around this. How about rate that ride? You know, give it one to ten. Uh, this is something I did with my wife when we went to Disney World. When she was pregnant, I made a, um, actually recorded a segment after every single ride and it's called autumn rates disney world and i'll have to get it up on youtube someday but it was really me asking her what did you like about that uh, what didn't you like about that and how would you rate it so this fun thing that we did together now we're going to make now it's a social exchange and honestly i watch that video those videos those clips all the time and it really does still make me happy and i think in the moment being asked questions about her feelings um, made her happy too you know it was it was an interactive thing that we were sharing together more than just a whoa that was cool what's the next rock which we did too you know <laughs> all right another uh reflection point activity you could do and i stole this from unlocking the magic um is the would you rather and i've seen a lot of podcasts kind of do this but i think uh, unlocking the magic they do it really well so After you're riding a ride, you could say, hey, would you rather do this ride or would you rather do that ride? You can spice it up a little bit. So maybe you just you got off of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean and you could say, hey, would you rather ride Pirates nonstop for the rest of the day or Jungle Cruise nonstop for the rest of the day? You know, these kind of you posit these funny situations. And the idea is to get you talking about the rides that you were just on and thinking about it and sharing, you know, some of these jokes and some of these Uh, verbal exchanges together. Verbal exchanges. Do people talk like that? I'm a behavior analyst. I apologize. (laughs) Sharing some of these discussion. That's the word. That's the normal person word. Making discussion around these fun experiences. Another example. You just had a snack. Would you rather have unlimited snacks or unlimited fast passes? You might be surprised at the answer. And your answer might change throughout the day. (laughs) So yeah, after that pleasurable experience, that sweet treat, that thrill ride, talk about it. And you can use these games or you can think up your own games. I'd love to hear what games you think of. Another part of making it social uh, is if you do go with your significant other, plan some time to spend with them alone, right? Uh, if possible. And I understand that that it, it may not be possible, but there are some babysitting services um, that are available. You can ask the concierge at your hotel about that. If you can swing it to bring along a, a family member, grandma, auntie, You know uh or go with another family and you can switch off you know who watches the kids one night that might be an option but planning that time to spend one-on-one uh with your with your loved one if you're going as a family i think that is valuable i think that is good happiness opportunities right there you can get away from the hustle and the bustle and just do some of these reflections talk about how it's going talk about what you want to do tomorrow Easier said than done, I'm sure. But if you can plan for it, I think that's something worth trying to do. All right, now here is another, um, here's a heuristic. So we talked about this in the uh, touring planning episode. A heuristic is a simple rule that you can use to simplify decision-making and increase outcomes, improve outcomes. So it's just a simple rule and the idea is, well, it makes the decision easier. but also it's gonna improve your outcomes a little bit. Uh, And actually this is another thing I I think I stole from Unlocking the Magic, uh, Bruce over there. And his rule is you just treat everyone like it's their birthday. So if you can put this simple rule in your mind, it's their birthday, just imagine how that's going to affect your interactions. How do you treat people when it's their birthday? Are you asking them to do things for you? Or are you offering to do things for them? If they ask you for something are you more likely to say yes and trying to accommodate them or are you more interested in your own needs right when it's their birthday you're doing things for other people and if we go back to what we talked about what lustig is saying is where the pleasure is about consuming yourself and the happiness is about providing for others this is going to set you up to make decisions geared towards happiness so it's their birthday so uh I, I think the example they gave in one episode was someone's taking too long in the bathroom. <laughs> uh, you might, this might be a time where you typically say, let's go, you know, or maybe holler. But if it's their birthday, you're going to give them a little bit more grace. And that's going to produce a, a happier trip for them. And honestly, a happier trip for net for yourself. Because now you can say like, and you might not say this consciously to yourself, but You're feeling pretty good about yourself when you're helping other people. When you're being nice to other people, your self-appraisal, your reflection is going to be a little bit higher. So it may uh, hurt in the moment, just slightly. It's a little pang, like, shoot, I'm going to miss this ADR. I'm going to miss this reservation. I'm going to miss this fast pass. But later on, when things are going well and you can reflect on like, hey, I've been here for my friends this trip, or I've been here for my family this trip, that's going to increase your happiness. That's going to make you a little bit happier. So thanks to uh, Bruce at Unlocking the Magic for that heuristic. Another way we can maximize our joy or increase these happy experiences at Disney World, this is also going to play off of a combination of the, the social element of happiness and the giving element of happiness, is sprinkling your own pixie dust. So you might have heard at Disney World, uh, it's called pixie dust when you get special magical things that happen to you. Maybe the, uh, a, a waiter brings you um, a little happy birthday cake at the end of a meal, or you get an upgrade at your resort, or you get selected to participate in the uh, opening of um, the park day. Uh, those are That's the pixie dust, right? The idea here is you can sprinkle your own pixie dust. You can fill up your pockets with pixie dust and throw it all over the park and i don't mean glitter because that would be cruel and you hopefully would get thrown out of the park i mean i can't think of a worse offense (laughs) but here we're talking about spreading our own happiness and and people talk about this online people really enjoy doing this i think people go out of their way to make this part of their trip and here once again you're focusing on the happiness of other and in so doing improving the joy and the happiness in your own trip so here's some things you can do and we'll start with the free ones because those are the ones that are important to me <laughs> all right so you could just be super considerate like whatever level of considerateness you are right now amp it up thirty percent okay so we're holding doors uh, we're letting the family with that screaming kid go ahead of us in line you know what I mean um, we're maybe offering a water to parents of that screaming kid. We've got an ice cold water in our bag and you see this parent sweating, trying to drag their screaming kid. Um, You could offer them that ice water. Sometimes in those moments, I don't know if you've ever been or had some behavioral challenges with a kid in a public place. It can be embarrassing. uh, It can be mortifying. And if you have someone approach you in that moment with kindness and compassion and non-judgment and just offering you something, Um, One, that's going to feel real good to that parent. Number two, um, it might even distract the kid. Sometimes those distractions, you might help them out a lot. And, you know, maybe some parents are going to be so frustrated in the moment they, they shout at you and say, no, thanks. You know, that's the risk you run. But I think by and large, offering that kindness and compassion in a moment of need is a super considerate thing to do. That's going to make you feel good for the rest of the day. That's going to make them feel good for the rest of the day. I kind of feel good right now thinking about it. (laughs) So so give it a shot. And you don't have to be hero. You don't have to be a person in the cape with the ice water bottle. You can just crank up your niceness in general. You smile a little bit bigger if you're not wearing a mask, you know. Uh, And you're you're holding that door maybe a little bit longer than you typically would. Alright, here's one, this one's going to cost um, a little bit of money, but some people like to bring Disney stickers to the park and live, leave them in um, places, uh, not littering, right, so you have to be careful with this, you don't want to put them in a place where they could fall to the ground, but leaving them in place where, um, where people can find them, like little gifts that they can have, or you could go as far as to hand them out to somebody. And in terms of handing things out, I was reading on one of the trip planning forums, A woman had um, had access to really cheap discounted mini ears she had like four or six sets of them and her plan was to bring them to the park and just hand them out to kids who didn't have mini ears like how cool is that I think she paid she said she paid for some reason like 99 cents each she has a friend that had a discount or access to discount mini ears and she's that 99 cents is gonna make some kids day that's gonna be a story that that kid tells and you knowing that you were the, the cause of a story a kid told, eh, that's worth 99 cents. I'll pay it. <laughs> I'll pay it. Another thing you can do, um, something, it's, it's happened to me at like the Dunkin' Donuts line. Has someone ever bought you a coffee, uh, bought your coffee that was in front of you at the Dunkin' Donuts line? It's like a nice little thing you can do. You can do that at Disney. You're standing in line, uh, maybe you pick something where you know the, the price Uh, And you know what the person behind you is getting, so they're getting an ice cream at the ice cream cart. You're in line. Uh, You could, hey, extra eight bucks, nine bucks, forty-five dollars, whatever they're charging for Mickey ear ice creams at the (laughs) at the moment. Um, You say, I want to buy the ice cream for the people behind me, and you know you could just walk away. Maybe if you're one of those people that you want to engage in these these social um, happiness producers. Uh, but maybe you're not really into the social interactions. Maybe you're a little bit more introverted. Well, you you don't even have to turn around and look at these people. You can just George Clooney cool guy it, drop that $8 and be like, ice cream behind me. It's on me. <laughs> uh, here's something, because I, I did a little bit of research on this, uh, and I thought this was a really cool idea. I don't know if I would do it personally, but I think my wife would be really into this is if you see um, uh, a girl dressed as a princess or a boy dressed as a pirate or a boy dressed as a princess and a girl dressed as a pirate but if you see a kid in character right uh just think about how it would feel to you if you were that kid if someone walked up to you and asked you for an autograph like you know that's princess tiana and someone walked up to you and said oh my goodness princess tiana can i have your autograph and handed them an autograph book probably gonna make that kid's day You know, that kid's probably thinking that you really think they're Princess Tiana, and I can't imagine a bigger compliment for a a little kid who went through the trouble of getting all dressed up that way. So, uh, yeah, I think this is something, once again, depends on who's doing it. Personally, I I don't know if I'd do that, but I would definitely uh, supply my wife with the autograph book to do it. (laughs) So those are some ways you can sprinkle your own pixie dust. Here's another one. If you think of, if you have some ideas that you like to do, please share it back my way and and I can share it out and uh, we can just litter this whole joint with pixie dust. What do you say? All right. Next, um, we can talk about gratitude. There's actually a lot of research in using gratitude and and using gratitude reflections and gratitude journaling to increase your anecdotal reports of happiness. So we'll just say, (laughs) <laughs> to increase your level of happiness, right? How how happy you think you are, basically. So a couple different ways you can do this is you can set a little goal for yourself. Maybe if you're going by yourself, you can bring a little journal. And at the end of the day, you say, I'm just gonna write down three things that I'm grateful for about my vacation. And this really brings you to focus on the good things that are happening. Because if you've done a lot of planning, It would be, like, statistically impossible for every single thing you have planned to go exactly how you wanted it to. And as humans, we are engineered to focus in on what is wrong with the situation. Like, evolutionary, that was really important to understand, uh, is that a tiger? (laughs) You know? Or, this porridge tastes a little funny. (laughs) We might not want to eat it, right? So we're designed to find what's wrong with the situation, but we can, as conscious humans in control of our destiny, we can choose to focus on what was beautiful about today, what was great about today. And like a journal is a great way to do that. Uh, So if you're going by yourself, you might, you know, bring an actual journal and you might write it down. If you're going with your family, you could just choose, you know, I don't know, the moment when you get back to the hotel room, depending on the length of your day, you might pass out immediately, but maybe it's the bus ride back, or maybe it's lunchtime. You know, you decide at lunch, we're going to talk about three things each, or two things each, or just one thing each that we're just grateful about today. And maybe it's, I'm grateful that I can still walk after all that walking, or I'm really grateful for that bald dude that bought me the ice cream, (laughs) or, you know, so on and so forth here's the thing. You could, as the person maybe leading this exercise, you could decide we're going to talk about, you know, what we're grateful about each other. So maybe it's, you know, I'm really grateful. Your kid might surprise you. I'm really grateful that you were able to purchase this Disney trip for me. Or if you're talking, your gratitude for your kid might be, you know, I'm really grateful that I have um, excellent, fun kids to share this with. Or if you're, you know, you're just with your significant significant other, I'm grateful to be here with you. Um, This means a lot to me. Sharing that. Those are huge social reinforcers. Oh, I used another behavior analysis word. Those are, what do you call a social reinforcer uh, in normal? Those are bonding moments. Yes, those are bonding moments that you want. Here's another thing you can do. You can share your gratitudes toward the people providing you these services. So cast members, right? Cast members, I think, are a special breed. These are people that really have bought into providing you with a fun experience. And some of them do it for very little monetary gain, right? These are people I think that are invested in making you happy. So when there are people who are invested in making you happy, treat them great. And that's gonna make you feel great. You know, There's like this back and forth cycle of great feelings when you go out of your way to let people know that you're grateful for their presence. And there's a couple of different ways you can do this. You can look them right in the eye and say, I am grateful for this, right? But maybe you're not quite as uh, gregarious and you don't want to go that route. You can, you can use here, let's pop, let's use social media for good here. Uh, if you um, hashtag or uh, you uh, at rather, uh, WTW today, um, hashtag cast compliment, put their name in there that's official and that will get um recognition for that cast member you can also send an email to guest.services at disneyworld.com you've got email on your phone maybe you got a photo pass that was one of the things that we had we had a photo pass a photo pass person who it was really hot we were right outside epcot she's baking in the sun and we just saw her be so patient with a family Um, that they were trying to you know get it together and then she had us and she was still so patient with us and I'm you know trying to get it together (laughs) so it's like she's she's out here in the hot baking Sun and she's she's just trying to make people's days she's trying to capture magic for these people and she she did it with just an enthusiasm and earnestness that was like we got to we how can we compliment this person so yeah, I think we we did a hash bag, ca- hash bag. we did a hash bag <laughs> cast compliment, and um and uh, we also sent an email to guest services. Uh, so yeah, I think I think that's um, that's a valuable way you know to uh, in- increase your own happiness is just showing gratitude to others and. This last thing I want to talk about, this is probably the newest for me. This is, this is something I do in my work and something I'm trying to incorporate into my day and especially my vacations is mindfulness. Um, And I think it's important, especially on vacation, because it's really, it's a value proposition for me. Like I don't like spending money personally, right? But when I do spend money, I want to get, I want to maximize my value. And I'm starting to realize that it's not, just getting the tastiest food that is valuable it's the memory of that food it's that experience because honestly you're not going to remember exactly what that tasted like but you're going to remember the fact that you know you had this interaction with the cast member and it was phenomenal and you you know paid her gratitude so part of being able to recognize those super special things when they're happening or even create some of those super special things, is to be mindful. And you've probably heard this term a million times now. Uh, it's, it's really popular, right? It's, it's part of the work I do. It's part of a movement, and I, I think it's really cool. And I won't get into it, uh, but instead I'll provide a really brief and possibly incorrect description of what it is. So mindfulness is just being in the moment. It's consciously directing your thoughts to attend to the present circumstance. So as a human, um, you often um, are not in the moment, right? You sit down and you start thinking about maybe what your next step is. In Disney World, that's what it's going to be for me. I'm going to sit down or I'm in line. And instead of talking to my wife, I'm planning my next step. I'm double checking my ADRs. I'm checking wait times, I'm seeing if I need to modify my touring plan. Uh, these are all things that honestly are pleasurable, right? These are all dopa, uh, dopamine buttons we're talking about. Uh, me being you know, fascinated by technology and, um, and maximizing value, if I can save three minutes, that's gonna give me a little pang of dopamine. But if I can, in the moment, recognize that I'm with someone that I love and use one of those other strategies that we talked about, uh, that's that's gonna increase my happiness overall. So really, mindfulness is gonna be the tool we use to access all the other things that we've talked about. We're gonna be able to use mindfulness to recognize when we should be grateful. We're gonna be able to use mindfulness to find opportunities to sprinkle our own pixie dust. We're gonna use mindfulness to remember, oh shoot, it's her birthday. <laughs> and we're gonna be mindful, they like, okay, how can I make this um, pleasurable thing, this exciting thing, a social opportunity so mindfulness is really going to be the linchpin and so let's talk about like how do you do that how do you stay in the moment i think a good way to start to start training your brain this way is just with like a morning meditation and you can find apps like headspace uh, or you can find some youtube videos but basically it's just five minutes in the morning uh i would i would recommend maybe five minutes in the morning um of just Getting yourself used to paying attention to where you are right now. And listen, you just paid all this money for Disney World, right? Maybe you got your kids, you got your... Or maybe uh, you and your significant other just split this, right? Or your best friend just split this. It's a lot of money, right? Here's how you can can convince people to give it a shot. I'm not leaving this hotel room (laughs) until all of you get zen. (laughs) So you're going to listen to this five-minute thing and then we can go. You kind of, you can just refuse at that moment. You put your foot down and you're like, everyone gets in right now. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that's a good way to start. So this is what it feels like to be in the moment. And then when you're out there in the world, when you're out there in the parks, you can use that skill of, whoa, am I, am I here right now? Am I here right now? Here I am. To look around. And Disney World's such a cool place to be present. It is such an easy place to be present if, if, you, if you let yourself. Um, at the DMV, it's not so easy, right? <laughs> Driving to work, it's not so easy. Your brain's going to drift. But at Disney World, there's so much. You could say, you know, um, like the theming, just the theming. Just if you you're in a place, you're going to notice the theming. You're looking at every single detail right now. And when your brain starts to drift about what you're going to do next or what you did earlier, that's okay. That's part of the mindfulness. That's okay. Our brain will drift. Our mind will drift. But we're just going to gently nudge it back to the present. We're not going to judge ourselves. Shoot, I was trying to be mindful. Dang. I'm terrible. I'm ruining this. No, no, no. It's cool. That was, that was a thought. I was drifting there. Oh, I was thinking about fast passes there. That's cool. Hey, what is what are my kids up to right now? <laughs> or, hey, that waiter, they seem really pleasant, you know? Uh, just bringing yourself back into that moment in a non-judgmental way. I hope I haven't lost many of you right now. Uh, this may seem a little new age, but there's there's actually, like, I'm a scientist, right? And uh, I was really hesitant to get into this for a long time until I saw the research behind it. And just across disciplines, there's a bunch of evidence supporting mindfulness as a tool across areas. So it's something I recommend that we try on vacations. I think it's a great way to maximize value, and I think it's a great way to link us into those other tools we talked about. All right, so that's the travel planning segment on maximizing your joy at Disney World, Disneyland, and other related parks. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you give some of these things a shot on your next vacation, and I really, really, truly hope that you share back any success or failure with me. And remember, if we're gonna be mindful, failure is cool. That's alright, that's part of the process. We'll be non-judgmental and let it go. <laughs> so you can share it back with me and I will be non-judgmental and I'll let it go. And I'll maybe adjust my uh, my next iteration of this episode accordingly. Please share those ideas with me at easy it at gmail.com. So here's to hoping your next Disney vacation is super happy. Welcome to a special interview segment today where I will not be the interviewer, but I will be the interviewee. Allow me to introduce you to the interviewer, Autumn.
1: Hi everyone. I'm glad to be on this segment
0: ah you're in charge now
1: yeah this is my first time interviewing
0: and here i am ready uh i just went i got back from disneyland was it three days ago now
1: friday two days ago barely
0: yeah i had fun and uh i'm just going to turn it over to you here are the keys to the podcast there you go
1: you guys heard that right i have the keys to the podcast now
0: (laughs) So now this is a Hercules
1: segment. <laughs> this is a Hercules segment. Also, Joe are you listening? Um, <laughs> okay, so Justin, mm-hmm. Justin's love Disneyland has has wanted to go back. He went, I believe, once as a kid with his aunt, and but this was the first time since he was seven. So mm-hmm. we're talking about like thirty years ago. He went. Mm-hmm. Um, so just tell us overall what was it like mm-hmm. to go like as an adult with like active memories and autonomy,
0: too. Mm, yeah, I was, I, was in, I was in charge, for sure. Um, I hope so. So a couple of things were different as an adult. I'm halfway through um, half-marathon training, so like uh, like physically I was very prepared, and I remember as a seven-year-old not being prepared at all. After like a whole summer of eating candy bars with my aunt, um, I had developed thighs, and those thighs rubbed together. So that was my first experience with, uh, I believe the term is chub rub.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay. (laughs) All right. So, well, you know, but I got to say, so having thighs is a beautiful thing. I also have them. Agreed. And um, a lot of of us have thighs that go. What would you recommend?
0: Okay. So I still have thighs. And first day, I did not prepare for this. And I was chafed so i got uh, some a uh, little bit of petroleum jelly for that first night mm. and then for the second day go and going forward a uh, good old gold bomb medicated powder the yellow bottle
1: nice and you apply it you have to apply that every so many hours or once in the good? morning
0: once in the afternoon
1: oh nice okay good so <laughs> so if you think that might happen and honestly it's so much walking and it's yeah. so, like even if you don't, you know, your thighs typically don't stick or touch like they might in, yeah. in Disney World or Disneyland. It's just hot and it's a lot, so um, never a bad thing to have. You can get like a little small powder That's so what I got,
0: a little travel size yellow bottle of medicated powder.
1: So tell us, like, when you got there, what was your, um, like, how did you break down your day? How did you plan the day? Did things go according to plan if they didn't? How did you handle that?
0: So I had a working plan going like 60 days out. Like when I realized I was going, I started planning pretty quickly after that.
1: He really did. He's not lying to you.
0: <laughs> and what I basically did is I prioritized things that I could only do in Disneyland. Because uh, I knew it would be a long time before I'd be back again. Or the rides that are much different in Disneyland.
1: Yeah. Okay. So what are some of those rides?
0: Uh, like Pirates of the Caribbean. It's twice as long. It has a bunch of extra scenes. Hmm. Um, Space Mountain, which has cool special effects, and music in the car, which is pretty nifty.
1: That is... Wait a minute. Music in the car? Yeah. Tell us about this. Like
0: Rock and Roller Coaster. It's got, like, speakers right in the seats.
1: Now, is this the one I hear you can change the music
0: on? No, you can't change the music on this one. Well, they do change the music on it, but, like, you can't
1: change the music on it personally and now tower of terror is different tell yes. us about that and the uh, music element on that justin was telling me about this the other night and i was like wow we have to let people know
0: yeah so i had planned to ride it like three times so this is at disney california adventure on the second day i ended up riding it twice but they were awesome both times and yeah the first time i got a parliament funkadelic uh Woo! we want the funk So I was like, yes, it's meant to be, this is it. And I was dancing, I was getting down, and then I was screaming a little bit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's great, that's great. So um, having gone and doing things that you said you prioritized you could only do in Disneyland, what was a ride that was better than you thought? And what was a ride that was maybe a little more underwhelming, if if so?
0: Yeah, well, let me say that I built this plan out, right? And I basically included everything. I used touringplans.com, optimized it. Um, and I, I did Matterhorn, which uh, I, I'm not even sure if I went on it as a little kid, but mm. I think I did. And it was just awesome. I think I'm a, actually a good size for that because I'm big enough. I fill up the seat so I don't bang around as much as like a little kid would. Yeah. So that was just an awesome ride. I rode that first thing with no weight. I, then a second thing, uh, which is not available in Disney World, is Alice in Wonderland. And that one, as like a 37-year-old... Uh, dude by himself. It was a little awkward, like, getting into the caterpillar car. Like, there was (laughs) there was no one in line, and it's just like, here I am. Let's get on this (laughs) ride. Let's rope drop Alice in Wonderland. But it is something I wanted to ride, and I didn't want to wait in line later in the day.
1: What kind of ride is Alice in Wonderland?
0: It is a dark ride. It is a dark ride. But it is different in that you end up on the roof somehow. And I'm like, how am I on the roof? Because it doesn't, like pull you up at any point it's just all of a sudden you're on the roof it's kind of a trip it's kind of a trip it's pretty that cool. make,
1: i mean that's fitting
0: so yeah I,
1: that's cool i'm gonna do that right
0: you yeah i would definitely do it with other people and and i would do it again by myself i'm not gonna lie you know yeah. it's just there was a moment there where I, it was very like clear to myself that <laughs> i was riding this ride by myself so, yeah oh
1: interesting okay
0: <laughs> all right so like i had this plan and i think i made it to like step four or five And I walked into, because you asked me, um, was there anything that was better than I expected? Mm -hmm. And I made it to Galaxy's Edge. Mm -hmm. And it's great because like you're walking and you don't even, something's different. Like the music changes, but you don't realize when the music changes and the lampposts are different all of a sudden. And then you you open up on scene um, after scene and the scenes start really subtle, you know, like there's a spaceship here. Um, and there's, there's some trash cans there. Um, but when I turned around, turned a corner and opened up on Millennium Falcon, I almost lost it. Like I, I was very close to tears. I did not expect those buildings. And I was just like smiling ear to ear. Giddy. I was a giddy 37 year old man. (laughs) Um, I wanted to do whatever the, um. Batu equivalent of skipping was but I don't know how Batuans and skip so...
1: It's it's actually just called skipping
0: Oh they just skip? Yeah, yeah I looked it up I figured with gravity being different I wouldn't you know just skip. Just skip, alright next time I'm <laughs> skipping all the way through Galaxy's Edge because that's how I felt. Yeah. I felt like a skip.
1: Oh that's awesome Well skip, and you, I mean Really, right? It's Disney. There's a lot of people skipping in Disney.
0: Yeah, if there's a place where it's acceptable for a 37-year-old man to skip, it is Disney.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So it sounds like Galaxy's Edge was a- Blew my mind. Blew your mind. Blew my
0: plan. Blew my plan, because I'm like, oh, um, Smuggler's Run has a single rider line? Well, I'll ride that four or five times in a row. And I just really just hung out there for a while until that's I went right. back to the hotel.
1: Yeah, well, he, that's right. Cause I, so I'm remembering now he messaged me. He was like, I think I'm just going to hang out here for the afternoon. <laughs> like, I don't need to do like, I just, which was so, which is awesome because there is so much detail. I know, yes. at least in Disney World that, um, like I said, I've been once that I was like, I just wanted to like, there was so much I just wanted to just stay and just really just like look at everything. Mm. So I'm really glad that you did that. So it sounded like... You um, changed plans to be a little bit more um, mindful. Yeah. Um, And you allowed yourself to have that flexibility to bring yourself joy. So you want to talk a little more about...
0: Yeah. I listened to uh, last week's podcast. (laughs) I'm like, okay, have got to be flexible.
1: Well, you're taking your own advice. Yeah. So tell us more about that. Were there any other times where that came up?
0: Um, Oh, yeah. So on the third day, I went with my friend, Sean.
1: Yeah. And I
0: had done some thinking about this and I had some plans, um, but I decided pretty early on that I was really just going to try and do the highlights of my plans. And part of this is, is that Sean is not a Disney fan. Next week, you'll hear my interview with Sean before we went. Uh, He's actually not a fan of Disney at all. So I wanted to be mindful of that for sure. But uh, yeah, I took him to see the uh, hey, whose mouse is this statue on Main Street? Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, no, we we had a great time, but I definitely that was that day was was much less planned. It was more of what sounds good right now.
1: And yeah. That's fun. So tell us about that. So you went with a very close friend of yours, right? That typically is not a Disney fan. Yeah, but not if you at went. all. Um, what was that like? And was it better? Still like having somebody like you know being alone as opposed to having your friend there definitely what things did it seem like
0: yeah so i'd love to say that i could do disney by myself and it's you know but it's definitely better to have someone there to share it with and he's like my best buddy too so it's he's a really good person to have it you know to be there with and i it was funny so i recently read an article by zoe fill in the name later uh, I'll link the article and it's like the five people at Disney you don't want to be and one of them is the self self-proclaimed minister of in, of misinformation mm. and this is me you know like I like to think that I'm right a lot uh, so I leaned into that a little bit and I decided about half of the facts I was going to share with Sean were going to be very wrong <laughs> so that was a fun game to play <laughs> I was just defeating him lies all day it was
1: good <laughs> Funny. um all right so that's good so you, so you use mindfulness you spent a lot of time in galaxy's edge mm-hmm. was there anything um you talked a little bit about alice in wonderland was there anything else that was just different than you expected or different from how you remembered it from seven-year-old justin
0: yeah everything was a little smaller like mm-hmm. i i went to blue bayou for lunch
1: how was that yeah i hear good things it was so very different.
0: romantic okay <laughs> and i was by that- myself <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You gotta treat yourself. You gotta yeah, treat yourself. Yeah, you
1: were exactly the man size yourself. That's I important.
0: Did. I did. Um, but it was smaller than I remember. It was definitely smaller than I remember. What else was de- oh the Snow White's castle is much smaller than I remember. It's like mm-hmm. twenty feet tall. It's, it's that's probably not an accurate number, but it feels like it's like compared to Cinderella's castle, it's yeah, it's, it's twenty smaller. feet tall.
1: And tell us a little bit about the differences to, we talk about Disneyland, but tell us a little bit about DCA and then, too, also the Avengers, because that's new.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, so DCA Campus. is really cool, but it's not quite as, it didn't feel quite as like magical as Disneyland. Uh, it was more like a Universal Studios kind of vibe to it.
1: Yeah, a little more.
0: But still very cool, but still very cool. And Marvel Avengers Campus was pretty nifty. It was, uh, there's just the one ride, the Web Slingers, uh, but I enjoyed that. You know, I got a boarding group for that. I enjoyed that.
1: The, was there any shows there?
0: Yeah, I didn't get to see all of them. I saw one of the Avengers Assemble thing, but I couldn't follow the story.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I saw the, um, the Spider-Man with the uh, the super advanced uh, high-flying animatronic.
1: Oh, that's right. I
0: was not prepared for how real that looked. Because I cool. thought it was going to be like a perfect aerobatic flip. But it was like Peter Parker, like, whoa, kind of thing. And yes, it really it looked was... like a person flailing. It was good.
1: That's great. Oh, I forgot about that. Um, what's the other thing? There was a Doctor Strange oh, show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I,
0: uh, I was able to video you back for that. You, we that were, was really cool. We that FaceTimed was... for that. Yes. The Doctor Strange show was, was very funny. Yeah. It was good. The special effects were good. Yeah. It was fun.
1: I was watching it. I felt like I was there. It was be- it just the... The theming in that area was really, I mean, through a camera, right? I'm like looking at it through like two and a half inches of a screen. Yeah, and it just, I felt like I was there. So out of, that out, was really well done.
0: Out of everywhere in Adventures Campus, I think the Doctor Strange area is the best. Absolutely. It's the best uh, detailed and just, the design is just uh, transportative.
1: Oh, And, um, so too, tell us a little bit about, you know, we know that Disneyland and Disney World are different, Mm -hmm. um, what was, like, the overall theme like, people you met, we've heard sometimes that Disneyland is more like a local spot, so just what was that like, the people?
0: Yeah, well, I think there were definitely, it seemed to be like there were more people, I feel like at Disney World you get people that are, like, really serious about doing everything and high expectations. And it just, the vibe I got at Disneyland is that everyone was happy to be there, but not necessarily stressed out. That could be just a West Coast thing, too.
1: I was going to say, is it
0: sounds
1: (laughs) just more relaxed, right? Yes. But it's also, there's more, Disney World's really overwhelming. It's a lot. I mean, and that's not a bad thing. It'd be a good thing, but... I think I I
0: I ran into uh, all three days, like, two disgruntled parents, and I shouldn't even say disgruntled, two parents, like, doing the best they can. Mm-hmm. You know, and, um, but like being loud about it, and then one person that was entitled compared to where I feel like at Disney world, I'm I'll see that in one day easy, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, um, it's just a lot more people, I imagine the mass, even when you showed me some pictures and things like there was always yeah. a spot where there was like no where yeah, there was the, like, no, so, no, no people, so I think the crowds on the first day on Tuesday were the were thick, so yeah, so um, so overall, so it sounds like there was less of a rush, necessarily, to like Mm. go to the next thing. People Mm -hmm. were kind of taking their time and I got to do a lot of re-rides. Yeah, it sounds like you got to ride a lot. So so that's awesome. Single rider
0: line. That is the one benefit of going by yourself. Single rider line.
1: That's a whole other world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there you go. So it sounds like you had an awesome time. You got to spend great time with a friend who doesn't even care for Disney, but you still had a nice time. Yeah. Um, overall the atmosphere of people was pretty relaxed yeah. and comfortable and honestly even sounds like all oh, the everything you did like there everything was pretty except for the Alice in Wonderland ride I guess where you <laughs> might have felt a little out of place yeah. but every every like the rides everything that you did was really like well done it sounds like oh, you yeah. didn't meet even expectations things that, or exceed them
0: yeah like I didn't think the Incredicoaster was going to be that good but it was amazing oh, I would say that's uh,
1: awesome that was
0: it's not like it's hard to compete with like big coasters but that's definitely a very good roller coaster
1: awesome oh wonderful all right so you had a great trip flight how was the flight there and back
0: it sucked i'm in an airplane for too long
1: but it was it was all right it was just a regular airplane right Mm -hmm. right nothing too bearable unbearable Mm -hmm. rather all right well thank you justin thank you for handing the keys over and letting me interview you
0: oh it was my pleasure are you handing them back right now Mm. I'm still thinking about it. (laughs) Next week on Easy Dizzit, the Joe Roddy special.
1: Yeah. And Hercules. (laughs) All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.
0: Thank you again for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed the Maximizing Joy segment, and I hope you enjoyed uh, Autumn's interview of myself. I had a lot of fun with that. The one thing I wanted to add to that was one of the things I enjoyed most about my trip to Disneyland was the interactions not only that I had with my good friend Sean, but also the people that I met in the park. I made a conscious effort to to talk to people, uh, which is hard for me to do, uh, and I'm glad I did. I really am. I met an excellent couple on Pirates of the Caribbean, and I'll say one thing that that really probably made my whole trip was when the woman turned around and said, do you work here or are you just like a Disney nerd? I could have died right there. Like, I am a Disney nerd, but that is just probably the nicest thing you could say to a Disney nerd. (laughs) So, um... Yeah, I was glad for the interactions that I had, I met a lot of great people, and I just feel really grateful that I was able to to take that vacation, really grateful um, that my family supported it. So, yes, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, I know, uh, you know, while editing this, I realized I said a lot of inaccurate information on this podcast. So, if you want to call me on it, please do so. EasyDizItPodcast at gmail.com or leave a voicemail and I will go ahead and put it on the podcast and you can publicly castigate me for my inaccurate info. <laughs> Uh, you can follow Easy Dizzit on Instagram uh, for Disney jokes and memes. Some real fire memes sometimes. And you can also start following Easy Dizzit on TikTok for minute-long attraction explainers. I'm going to start with one of those a week. already got Carousel of Progress and Tom Sawyer up already, so check that out on TikTok. All right, check the show notes for links to Zoe Wood's great article, hilarious article of five people you don't want to be in Disneyland. Of which I was one. If you'd like some assistance planning your next Disneyland, Disney World, Disney Cruise Line, Adventures by Disney, Universal Orlando, or any kind of trip, I'd be happy to help you with that. I really do enjoy talking to people, getting to know them, and making great recommendations and and helping them have the best vacation possible. So yeah, please get in touch and I would just be really happy to help you out with that. All at no cost to you. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, don't forget,
1: easy does it.